Hola y bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Barnes y presidente de su mejor cerveza. No abate por No Filter Network. Miguelito Sandiguito. Not with us today. Will this real not with us today? But dead or alive, here or not here, each and every single morning, we like to properly salute our boys. Yes, 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 yes. Woo. Remember this, folks. When we are juiceful, we are useful. And when we are juiceless, we are fucking useless. It is as simple as that. Now, first and foremost here on this final daily hustle of 2023. I can't believe it. I mean, just like that, you blink and the fucking year is over. So, just another good year under the sun. Chasing education, chasing experiences. Very grateful for each and every one of you, including Bet Online, our title sponsor. That's right. Uh, this time of year, the only people getting any time off or not getting any time off are the pro athletes and those over at Bet Online. NFL, bowl season, NBA is in full swing. Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all. Up to the second odds, news, and info. Bet Online has all the sports wagering information available that you will need for both desktop and mobile. Heads to Bet Online and remember to use the promo code BLEAV, capital B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Also, don't forget about our proud partners over at KT Tape. Get yourself some of the Pro Oxygen tape by hitting the QR code in the upper right-hand corner. I'm not a doctor, not a scientist, nor did I stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, but I can tell you guys through experience, as I do tell you guys each and every single morning here on the DH, this shit works. When you apply the tape, lifts the skin, promotes blood flow to the area, reduces inflammation, and helps alleviate pain. Also, let's not look past our guy Jory over at Verge. Hold tight there. I have not had a shot yet this morning. And I actually can kind of feel it because, I don't know, you ever get that fog that get up in the morning? Now, that might have been because I was up till 2 a.m., Drinking tequila and playing poker, but this verge right here will help with the cure of whatever you need. That's right. It's a little lemon, honey, cannabis puts you into that nice glory state. Cheers, everybody. Mm. Very soothing on the throat. Wow, it's got a nice little kick to it as well. So go see our guy, Jory, over at TriVerge.com and he will take plenty good 
care of you. Today's daily hustle email is titled Pull. Don't push. Buenos dias. Today is Friday, December 29, 2023, and this will be the last daily hustle of the year. Daily hustle quote of the day. When the subject of leadership was brought up by one of his staff, President Dwight Eisenhower took a small piece of string and laid it on his desk. Quote, look, if I try to push it, I don't get anywhere. But if I pull it, I can take it anywhere I want. Daily Hustle translation, no matter what it is in life, we will always face resistance when we try to push somebody into doing something. Yet, when we decide to pull people along by setting an example with our own actions and relentless encouragement, it's incredible what we and those we are leading can accomplish. Lastly, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you guys for taking the time to read the DH each morning and for those who watch and or listen to the Daily Hustle podcast. Time certainly is the most valuable resource any of us possess, and I'm incredibly appreciative of the time you guys have invested in this community. As I've always said, I write for me. But your guys' engagement, interactions, and fantastic feedback keeps me incredibly motivated to continue to share both the ongoing education and experiences in my life. Here's another good year. On the right side of the dirt in a love-filled, hard-charging, kick-ass 2024. Happy fucking New Year, DB. All right, and by the way, I got the Notre Dame game on right behind me. Notre Dame's got their backup quarterback. Oregon State's got their third-string quarterback going in. Oh, well, how can I pass this up? If you want to show your love and support, for the Daily Hustle community. I realize we got a lot of people consuming this on a lot of different platforms, whether it's Apple, Spotify, On No Filter Network Live, Caffeine TV, Fubo, whatever. Go to ericburns.com. I wish speak English here. ericburns.com. E-R-I-C-B-Y-R-N-E-S.com. And pick yourself up a Daily Hustle coffee mug. Look, I come on. These things kick ass. There's no other way to put it. Hold tight here. Here's a little preview of the mug. I actually have a shipment of the mug and my brand new book, Let Them Play, a parenting and coaching guide to youth sports that should be here any day now. And by the way, so next week, I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday, actually, I am heading to Dallas for the ABCA Coaches Convention. It's 7,000 coaches from all over, I'd say the United States, but probably all over the world that come together, and it's really everything that's the latest and greatest in the baseball world. You see anything from new pitching devices or hitting devices or coaching programs uh, it's just a really awesome place to go fellowship. And that was the whole reason for the rush of the book. It was going to be a process to get this thing done. But in my mind, 
that's where I want to take this thing. That's where I think it will have the biggest impact. So uh, it just kudos to my wife because I know the books have already arrived in Texas. We have 500 of them. Hopefully I'm going home with none. I will set up a couple book signings. One I know I'm going to do with Rockerby Ranch over at their booth at some point. Probably will be handing out books or selling books and signing books when we're live doing the No Filter Network podcast as well. Looking forward to that because it's just really going to be an opportunity to sit down and talk to all these different people within the baseball world. And I, I think one of the things... And I did make it a goal in 2023. And we started out with this baseball convention last year. Look, man, what was it? Indiana Jones that said, if you want to be an archaeologist, you got to get out of the fucking library. And isn't that the truth? Because if you want to be a baseball coach, hey, man, you got to get out there, get on the field, immerse yourself with the culture, surround yourself with other coaches. If you want to be a podcaster, you know what you got to do? You go podcast, have conversations, do interviews. I, it's it's everything. It is. And we as human beings are social creatures and we're meant to be around other people. So as much as I love talking to myself five days a week, that's important that we continue to keep communications open and have these conversations and this intelligent discourse. And that's the whole thought and reason behind the daily hustle and creating it on no filter network is so we could have the interaction. So we'd be able to go back and forth. So I could fire up the chat this morning and say, yo, Pete, good morning, dude. Exactly. Johnny Manuel Ramos Henderson. Good morning. Buenos dias from Makati city. We're international. Once again, motherfuckers. Amo and uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, John Davis, Collierville. It's that's what keeps me charging. Gene up in Minnesota, uh, Hank in Harrisburg. Like it's these are the things that excite me. So, and I want to show you this if you're watching live on No Filter. This is a necklace. It's actually not mine. It's Colton's. So, sissy small fry, my middle gave this little stick figure to Colton and to Chloe, her older sister. And it's a stick figure with a double bird up. It is the coolest necklace I've ever seen. And I mean, basically I'm going to try to take possession of this now. And I imagine Grammy wasn't too thrilled with it. She kind of like gave it the, Side eye look. This isn't a fuck you to the world. Basically, what it says is it's their sibling connection. Is we're gonna do us and we're gonna stick together and families first. And that's that's what this represents. So we're this last night at the poker table and still rocking it here this morning. Okay, the top news stories, the Detroit. Pistons, check this out, dropped their 28th straight game. It's unfathomable, and considering that they got some dudes on that team, 
It says it was supposed to be embarrassing, humiliating Thursday night's Boston Celtics Detroit Pistons game featured two teams from the same conference, but practically speaking, were in two different leagues. Boston was the NBA's best team. Detroit had not won in two months. The Celtics were coming off an impressive three and one West Coast road trip. The Pistons entered the game riding a 27 game losing streak. It's an NBA game. Their NBA players are healthy. They're playing well. Celtics coach John Mazzula said before the game, adding, and they've been in a lot of games. It says hardly a ringing endorsement. I don't know. I mean, what is he supposed to say? We're playing a team that just lost 27 straight games. There's absolutely nothing for us to fucking gain here. Because if we kick the shit out of them, we should. If we barely beat them, everyone's going to be like, oh, I can't believe you barely beat the Pistons. And if somehow the Pistons got over on the Celtics, it would have been doomsday in Boston. Nobody would be would, would have believed it. So, well, sure enough, what happens? Detroit comes out firing. They end up taking a lead on like several different times. We're going to talk to Henry Market about it in a minute. But, I mean, we're talking, it was like a 20-point lead to something fucking crazy. And you thought, this is it. This is the time. It is going to happen. And sure enough, they drop the ball, so to speak. They end up blowing the fucking lead. And the Celtics came back to win the game. Just heartbreaking, I got to believe, for Detroit Pistons fans. Huh, Hank? Dude, fans of Detroit, fans of the league, fans of basketball, that was just fucking devastating on all fronts, for real. When you think about the Detroit Pistons, how bad are they? Okay, great question, because I think there's a terrible misconception about this team. And so we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's pretty easy in the NBA today to go on like a four or five game losing streak. You know, sometimes skids just happen, whether it's road trips or extended road trips, throw a in, in-game, in-season tournament in there. You, you have these five or six game losing skids. Those are possible. When you get to double digits, you know, it, there's, it could be coaching, it could be bad players. It, okay, it's, it's sort of, get, you know, there's a lot of factors in there. This team isn't bad. What the Detroit Pistons, Pistons excuse me, are suffering from right now is something that's very, very specific to their case. So Cade Cunningham, over the last six games, he's averaging 32 points. The dude had 31 last night, right? The guy is balling out. In fact, Jaden Ivey, balling out too. Young dog, I think he had double digits. Bohan Bogdanovich, he, he balled out too. People, they're scoring. They're playing. The Pistons are running into the problem that nobody wants to be that team that loses to the Pistons. You just tied an NBA record. From here on out, this is the really shitty part about the Pistons. From here on out, no team is going to be that team that wants to be a part of history. 
right? They don't want to be, oh, they're, you know, it no, it's no longer, oh, we're just playing the Pistons. I think I'm going to rest. So Anthony Davis is going to sit this one out. He's going to take an extra rest day. Oh, Kawhi's not going to play. Oh, Curry's, he's got a bad hand now. Everybody is going to show up for the Pistons from here on out. It's going to be very hard for them to win a game. I, I mean, so they're playing Toronto in Detroit. Usually Toronto, Detroit, in Detroit, you look at this game, you're like, who gives a shit? It's Toronto versus Detroit, two mediocre teams. Why is this game even on TV? No, this is now must-see basketball because the Pistons are going to scratch and claw for a win, and no team from here on out is going to give them an inch. So they're not a bad team. They're just caught in a really, really nasty swell of just, uh, just unfortunate luck. So, yeah, so in the article, it says here that Cunningham, he scored 31 points against the Celtics. He's a star. He is. Then they mentioned Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivey, Oscar Thompson, saying that those guys are legit. Yeah. And, yeah, they maybe shouldn't be, like, a great team in the NBA, but they sure as shit should not be – this bad. How about this quote from Cunningham, though, Henry? I really like this. He says, I'm not interested in winning one more game this year to stop this, said Cunningham. That would be soft, in my opinion. Our goals are a lot higher than that. We have what it takes to win a game. That's nothing. To put games together, to find our system." to find what's clicking and allow us to sustain winning. That's what we're looking for. Dude, he's a dog. And I'm fully, fully confident that the second Cade Cunningham leaves the Detroit Pistons, he can not only be an MVP candidate, but be a part of a possible finals winning team. That guy, based off his size, his ability, his grit, he's pretty much an Anthony Edwards, like I said, last show, who I think is the second coming of Michael Jordan. And it's just as far as ability, size, game, that's that's the truth. Hey, hold on, hold on a second, dude. What mm-hmm. what the fuck did you say? Oh, I'm sorry. Do I have your attention? I think I think Cade Cunningham is a discounted version of Anthony Edwards, and I think Anthony Edwards is the second coming of Jordan. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Like, do, do you understand what you're saying? No, yeah, I do. How many cocktails did you have before you came on here this morning? It's 11.30 a.m. So I, well, then that'd be an issue, obviously. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it, it, no, you have to look into that, that, that quote. And it's not, do I think he's going to be the greatest player of all time? I don't know. But as far That's as what how you the, just said, you said he'd be the next Michael Jordan. That's I the said he's the time. second coming of Michael Jordan. They have oh, the exact God. same game. They have the exact same way they played. They're like a solid two, and they could score from just about anywhere. They're both about uh six six, right? Is it six five, six six? I will call it six six. They can play defense, they can body people, body bigs. Anthony Edwards is in year four, I think. Either year, either year three or year four. I think he's year four. Jordan was nothing for the first six or seven years of his career. Nothing. Just like a great player. In fact, drafted 
pretty similar in, in, in the region of Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards went one. Jordan went, what, did he go two or three when he was drafted in 84? Something like that. Anyways, as far as their general path, I think we're looking at the second coming of Jordan. Because it's not like Anthony Edwards can shoot the lights out like Curry. He can shoot just about as well, maybe perhaps better than Jordan, play defense like Jordan, but score at will. Anthony Edwards is a bucket. A bucket with the right system, the right team, a couple more pieces. He could definitely get a couple championships. He's going to have a very long career. 6'4", 225 pounds. He's averaging 25.9 points per game, five and a half rebounds, and five and a half assists. A lot of people forget that Jordan needed a couple pieces to a broken Chicago team before he was the Jordan we know him as today. Anthony Edwards was drafted by a miserable, disgusting Minnesota Timberwolves franchise, and he elevated them to playoff spots. Right now, they're one of the best teams in the NBA. You have Rudy Gobert. You have an absolute tree standing in the middle of the paint every night. Defense, boards, blocks. You need a couple more pieces before that team, I think, can be legit. But you have the centerpiece of Anthony Edwards. That's You heard it here, December 29th. 2023 randomly on daily hustle anthony edwards is the second coming of michael jordan but okay Uh, it's a bold statement it's about longevity though and you know that as well as i do it's doing it for an extended number of years and then ultimately in basketball as in the nfl especially when it comes to quarterbacks you are going to be judged on championships and so until anthony edwards starts piling up the rings we can't even have this fucking conversation absolutely absolutely and i don't even want you to entertain this i just want you to understand this is if you see anthony edwards hang some banners in the next 10 years just remember what i told you today okay uh, hank i don't have a lot of time but college football fans roasted espn's cole kubelik last night for highlighting a player's homeless stint after arizona's victory over Oklahoma. Now it was Kublik. He began questioning by highlighting uh, the guy's name is, is Arizona senior defensive back Martel Irby. And mm. Irby had seven tackles, an interception, a forced fumble. Kublik then began questioning him by highlighting Irby's background, mm. including a stint during which he lived in a car and worked at a gym. So he had a place to shower. A hey, smart move there. After four seasons at UCLA, Irby retired from football, suffering injuries in 2022 during an auto accident. He returned to the gridiron as a fifth-year senior walk-on this season and ended his college career as a team captain for the Wildcats' victory over Oklahoma. And it says here that Kublik's intent seemed earnest, right? He wanted to highlight a player who overcame significant obstacles to enjoy success. The college football fans, though, on Twitter, Henry, did not quite see it the same way. You had this one fan here saying, Arizona DB Martel Irby getting interviewed by an inc- after an incredible game. ESPN, so you were homeless. That's neat. Yeah. <laughs> this goes on. ESPN wishes every player was homeless. We continue. Congrats on the win. But remember when you lived in a Kia? 
Oh, wait, there's more. Well, now he's living rent-free in Brent Venables' head. <laughs> That's really good. Remember good when you were so depressed, you pushed away your family? Also, remember, you had to shower at a gym? Yeah. You could see he didn't like that, but he responded so eloquently to it. High respect for Kirby. I don't know, man. I you're like, I do think that part of a journalist's job is to tell a story. And mm-hmm. if there's a story to tell, and this is a good place to do it because there are a lot of other people who have been homeless or are homeless that aren't the guys that you necessarily think of peddling the streets, right? right. Yeah. And, exactly. and, you know, asking for money so they can go get their next heroin fix or right a bottle of booze at the liquor store. Sometimes it's just, man, I, you know, rent's hard to come by right now. Can't make it. So, yeah, I, you know, we make light of the situation a little bit, but I just think that this is an inspiring story and I don't have a problem with ESPN trying to highlight it. Neither do I. I think, I think it's a great story and you can't like ignore it, especially for, for television reasons. Like it's an incredible story. It's like for everyone watching, it's super wholesome. However, I do see, you have to understand ESPN is owned by Disney and Disney loves just a gut-wrenching, emotional, family-friendly tale whenever they can get one. They squeeze it out for every last dollar and dime. I can so see the producers during the game hammering the reporter like someone is in his ear, just clawing at him, saying, ask him about the homeless. You got to get the homeless. Homeless, homeless, homeless. Like, that's 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 where it's humorous. And that's where the Twitter, you know, the Twitter folk are like, hang on, let's you know, let's let's let this guy soak in this game. Let's not remind him about his warm nights in a Kia. So that, that's where I see both sides for sure. Let's make sure we mention the fact that the Arizona Wildcats went one and eleven in Jed Fish's first season in twenty twenty one. They've now flipped the script. Arizona should be and will be a force to be reckoned with in the Pig Twelve right. in twenty twenty four. Fresh off a ten win campaign, with much of the roster expected to return. So Jed Fish has done a terrific job since being in Arizona. They do go to the Big 12. I wouldn't be shocked to see them take down the Big 12. They're they're a team that potentially could do it if they continue to improve. I know they have resources. They've just typically have allocated those resources towards the men's basketball program, which is fucking uh, dominant, right? One of the best programs in NC2A history. But you have a coach there that also is super humble. I heard an interview with him before the game and immediately called Giuseppe Pepe Manuele. And I go, bro, we're betting on Arizona. And the reason being is he's like, yeah, we're playing Oklahoma. And I, you know, I know he has ties there, but he's like, they have had, I want to say 19, 10 win seasons in the last 23 years. He gave some crazy stat and he goes, we just had our fourth in the past 100. This is what we're up against. And he's right. And that's what they're dealing with. It's when, you, when you're talking about an Oklahoma program that has just got so much history and tradition on the gridiron. And here are the Wildcats. They've had a few good years, but nothing sustainable over a long period of time. I remember the Desert Swarm team back in 
the 80s, I think it was Teddy Bruschi that was was on that. But then you had a buddy of mine, Brad Brennan, was a receiver there right about 2098 to 2000 where they were good again. Uh, other than that, they just they haven't. They they have had no sustained success. So good on Jed Fish for making that happen down there in the desert. Easy bet last night too, by the way. Arizona Easy minus, fucking Arizona bet. minus two and a half. Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma star quarterback, was already out the door. He transferred to Oregon. They, I mean, like, yeah, they, the lead they lost the lead for a second or two. They ended up winning by what, like fourteen? Yeah, easy, easy cash, easy money. Yeah, a couple of those like, oh shit, because it went up thirteen nothing, and then two late scores in the first half for Oklahoma. And then Oklahoma, I think they scored one more time. And then after mm-hmm. that, it was, it was on. Yeah. Where yeah, you got a bunch of unanswered from Arizona. Okay. Uh, Hank, let me see here. Real quick. Mm. Comeback player of the year. <laughs> I know exactly where you're going with this. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Flacco or Damar Hamlin. This could be the most difficult decision in the history of awards ever given out in the National Football League. Holy shit, man. This is a fucking tough one. It's impossible because what, like what defines a comeback player of the year better? You have a guy who was out of the league. He was a Super Bowl champion, somewhat a joke in the final years of his career, leaves, is pulled off the couch, and now we got like a Kurt Warner story where the guy could potentially win another fucking Super Bowl with a very, very good Browns team. That's Joe Flacco. The other side of that coin, you have a guy that literally died on the field, pronounced dead, had there not been immediate life recitation, like the dude was brought back to life on the field in front of millions of Americans, and now he's playing football this year. What do you do? How do you how do you make it? How do you measure an award like that? It's, it's, I don't know. I, I think you you said it yesterday on our phone call. You almost have to make a new award, like just yes. name the just. Like, give DeMar Hamlin has to have something, right? He has to walk out with some hardware for his courage, bravery, and achievement of surviving, right? So you give Kurt Warner the comeback player of the year award based on what he has done. Yeah, but 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 exactly. You give Joe Flacco Flacco the comeback player of the year award. But then... What you do is you create an entirely new award and you call it the DeMar Hamlin Mm -hmm. Risen from the Dead Award. Absolutely. 100%. How about that name? A little aggressive? There's nothing more aggressive than Burger King playing Whopper, Whopper, Whopper as the first commercial following DeMar Hamlin's immediate death. So I think at this point... No, DeMar Hamlin is the guy is deserving of, of something, but, but, but Joe Flacco checks every single box of the comeback player of the year award. I actually think you would be, you would be belittling DeMar Hamlin's achievement by giving him the comeback player of the year award. Cause he came back to life. That's the comeback player of the century, right? So there's gotta be some 
new asterisk award risen from the dead. DeMar Hamlin, I you have my vote. I think they both need something because what Joe Flacco is doing is erotic to the football world. It is sex as far as 300 yards a game. And the dude has to go to bed at 930 because he's old. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, dude. So there's actually been precedent for this because Liam Hendricks came back this season for the Chicago White Sox after having cancer and going through chemotherapy and yeah. the whole bit. And he came back. Now, he didn't pitch long and he didn't necessarily pitch well. It, the, the comeback was pretty short-lived and pretty sure he got hurt was you know what ended his season. But then there was somebody else. So I don't know. We'd have to go back and look. I, I, there might have been like co-comeback players of the year or whatever. This is a situation where you got to figure it out. But I would not mind at all them creating a DeMar Hamlin award because Absolutely. we've never seen anything like that. Never in my life have I experienced anything. Like not even a horror movie, nothing, where we had an entire room full of people. The, the Soaklings and families and just, bro, it was, we had 20 people, 20, 25 people downstairs in our living room watching this Bills game. And it went from tequilas flowing and nachos and <laughs> wow, like what an awesome game. It's the Bengals and the Bills to, bro, it went silent yeah. and it stayed silent and it didn't change. And then an hour later, when we realized this game wasn't going on and DeMar Hamlin was most likely dead, everybody just went home. It was the biggest buzzkill, uh, sombering moment I may have ever experienced in my life. I mean, it's, I, I, I think we all felt it, right? And so, <laughs> yeah, to see, to see DeMar back this year, and he hasn't even been active for all the games and he hasn't played a, a major role by any means, but just to see him back on an NFL football field is fucking inspiring. By the way, as eerie as that was, I think that caps off just the script of the NFL and, and what they wanted to have last year happen in the end. That game, I don't know if you remember, this is, and by the way, this is like, I'm thank God that DeMar Hamlin is, is fine and, and well, because I would hate that I'm talking about this had he passed away. But so we'll clarify it, what it, is, it is what it is. He's okay. But that game had serious playoff implications. Yep. Got Bengals, Bills are fighting for that one seed. They're both fighting for it. And the fact that they never played that game and somehow the Chiefs just walked away with home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs, it's fucking bullshit. Like, I'm, 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 I'm looking at tape the past two days of just insane Patrick Mahomes, you know, uh, and, and him, him, his rivalry with bad calls and sort of this love-hate relationship he has with the refs. I, I made a video a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago basically saying how I thought the Chiefs got screwed and – I still think that that I, I think that that offsides with Kadarius Tony. I think I, I don't think you need to throw the flag, or if you throw the flag, you yes, call you it need dead. To, yeah, of course you need to throw the fucking flag. You, you, you throw the flag, but you, you you call the play dead before. I think, but 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 my my point is, and I don't want to open that can of worms again. Is I think last year doesn't get enough attention how rigged 
the NFL was for the Chiefs and how strongly they were fighting to keep the Chiefs season alive. I mean, everything went right for the Chiefs. There was one play in the Bengals-Chiefs AFC Championship game where the Chiefs had third down, third and nine or something, and they did not get it. But hold on a second, folks. It looks like the play clock never officially started, as if it mattered anyways. So the refs gave the Chiefs one more fucking play. Oh, ball doesn't lie because the Bengals get a sack. Well, hang on a second, folks, because the refs need the Chiefs to get this first down and win the fucking game. We have an illegal contact downfield. Just where the fuck? Where? Why? Why did you make that play? Because the Chiefs needed to win that game. Why? I don't know. Maybe it was so that they can get the Kelsey Bowl in the Super Bowl. Maybe the NFL was printing money during that season. Point is, I uh, DeMar Hamlin going down gave the Chiefs home field advantage for the entire year, which helped the NFL instrumentally. I hate that I'm talking about that, but it pisses me off to this day how how the NFL just handed the Chiefs the Super Bowl last year. Even the Super Bowl game. Bro, bro, get, get over it, man. I mean, we're about to turn the calendar to 2024, and you're still talking about shit that happened at the very beginning of the year. I just said, no. Uh, Pete's on here. He says, what happened to Pepe's parlay show? I agree, Pete. What the fuck, man? We need to get Pepe back on there. And he says, any advice for the first round? Michigan and UW. So it's going to be Michigan, Alabama, and then UW and Texas. Any advice for uh, Pete here, Henry? Mm. I actually had a great conversation with uh, some Texans today. I have some buddies that graduated from University of Texas and some diehard Texas fans. You know, the spread is Texas minus four, right? I I would assume that, you know, the, the, the Sharps all believe whoever, you know, whoever signed this in Vegas or whatever, that Texas can probably win, you know, Ewers is the truth. They could probably win by a touchdown, right? That's sort of, that's sort of the play here. And, and I, and I would, I would assume that Washington would come prepared. They have a great defense and Penix is, is the man and was the man AP player of the year, not Heisman winner, but you know, great player. I think I'm ready to bury Washington. You know, I, I, they, I, I don't, I'm ready to write them off. I think Texas is legit. And I think they've gotten not lucky, but they, they, they've beaten some teams that they should have killed, but only barely. They had, a great game plan against Oregon twice. I think they're out. I think they're, they're just, they've, they've, they've taken this season as far as they could go. And I think Texas is back. I think Texas minus four. It's probably going to make you sweat. I think I like Texas minus four. I think they're really fucking good. They're Henry. Really good. Hey man, I just want to tell you before we go here and I got a pickleball game at noon. So I got mm. three, three minutes, but yeah. I appreciate all you do for no filter. You fucking absolutely killed it this year, man. I, I honestly, I was going to run you. I was going to, as soon as you said, Washington's out, I was going to click you off and it was going to be a, no, Henry, you're out. And it would have been a nice funny moment on no filter network. But <laughs> I, I, I actually just, just so I can tell you how much, you know, we appreciate what you do and uh, just keep up the good work as we head into 2024. Look forward to this convention that we'll be at in Dallas. And oh yeah you know, really getting the new year off to the right start there. But uh, I disagree with you. Go dogs. I think Huskies <laughs> are going to win this. I think Alabama, I, man, I, Alabama, a very good shot. They take down Michigan. I, I have heard though. Michigan is, is from even the pro scouts and everything else. Like 
they are fucking legit. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Harbaugh do Harbaugh and just continue to win football games. And then it would be UW versus Michigan in the championship game. And I think at that point, the Wolverines fucking prevail. So, wow. Wow. Okay. Fuck. That's that. Yeah. So, hey, on that note, Hank, I got to roll, man. Happy New Year. Any final words for you, for everyone uh, listening or watching on No Filter Network? I've always wanted to do this. See ya! See ya! (laughs) Everyone else, man. Hey, a lot of love. Thank you. Happy New Year. Be safe out there. Stay hard charging. We will be back in 2024. Really just kind of starting to get things rolling here on No Filter Network. That's it. See ya! Happy New Year.